Do you crave deep and meaningful conversations? The kind of conversations that jazz you up, stretch your mind, and leave you wanting more? Welcome to Suzanne Says, Courageous Conversations About Life and Living. I'm your host, Suzanne Bird-Harris, and I talk with friends and colleagues about what lights them up, their fears and flaws, who they've been, who they are, and who they're becoming. You know, the stuff that makes and breaks us. So get comfy. Here we go. Hello, Irene. How are you? Suzanne, that is the question, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What's your top of head answer today? Oh, my God. From minute to minute. my, My recent answer has been, I really don't know. I'm changing. I'm changing so quickly. You know, uh, I haven't caught up with myself yet. So um, I'm well. Physically, I'm well. Thank you, God. Uh, financially, I'm well. You know, I'm closer to my daughter and my granddaughter. Um, that's all fun. But uh, I don't know. You know, the energy of all the changes, and it's just been my my body interior. My body's shaken. You know, and I think it's. I, I think it shakes. A lot of the time, um, I have two friends that now have physical tr- tremors. Really? Yeah. And um, I mean, I don't think I'm getting to that because I'll, you know, I'll shake it out before the, it'll shake me out. But, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's a wild ride. Um, you know, I didn't know what I was being born into. Um, oh, honey, I think there are a lot of us that feel that sentiment yeah. at the moment. But I'm <laughs> I'm here now, so. Yep. <laughs> I feel like I got on the on the Bronco and I don't know how to get back off. <laughs> yeah, didn't know you had such tenacious riding skills, did you? Well, I seem to be locked in. They haven't thrown me yet, so I seem to be <laughs> locked in. So it's just a matter of, you know, rocking and rolling. Yep, yep. But yeah, it's been not been, not been fun. <sighs> well, I have a question that I ask everybody as the first question. And I'm afraid it might scramble your brain a little bit, given the answer to this, you know, how are you question already, but I'm going to go, I'm going to be brave and go for broke. So Irene, without mentioning what you do, who are you? Yeah. Uh, If I break away all the other crap I want to explain about myself, I would have to say I'm God's light in the world. I'm a light of God in the world. Um, I haven't figured out how to master that yet, what that exactly means, but um, we all are. Uh, so I totally believe that in my essence. I used to say I'm a child of God, but um, I've grown up a little bit. <laughs> so even though I will always be God's child, um, yeah, I'm a light. I know I'm a light here. It's just I don't always know when and how to shine it, and sometimes it don't peek out of that bushel basket at all at all but um yeah that's that would be the essence i would have to say i think that's an awesome answer no and i agree i think that answer is applicable to all of us yeah to the and you know what's interesting for me is the people who see themselves through that lens are both at the same time they are more peaceful and more shaken up oh for sure Oh, for sure. It's interesting for me to talk with people, uh, particularly about that perspective, um, because there's a, for me, 
when I think of myself as a light in the world, and I, you know, I don't know if you're aware of an organization called My Intent. Their website is myintent.org. Oh, okay. And one of the things that they have on that website is uh, this little, see this uh -huh. ring of a bracelet I've got on here. It's a little uh, circle of metal um, made into a bracelet with some string, with some cord. And what you do is you pick a word that means something to you mm -hmm. and is an intention, hence myintent.org. And there's this little hammer and alphabet of letters that you can em emboss is probably not the correct word, right. yeah. but pound into the metal yeah. and make a word. And then the idea is, and mine, I chose light. Oh, nice. And, and the, the idea is you wear this 24-7, and as the cord wears over time, when it finally breaks, supposedly you have fulfilled that intention that you had. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So a friend of mine, Eric Schweffel in uh, Slidell, Louisiana uh hipped me to this and he actually made this one for me and sent it to me. Um but I thought, you know, I love the I love the fact that it's always here. It's um not quote unquote expensive. So I'm not gonna be upset about losing it or it falling off or whatever. But I I've had it I've been wearing it for over a year and a half now. And it's just beginning to look a little fra frayed and tattered. Um, but I love the fact that right here, cause, and I, I don't have that, it right in front of me right now, but I remember when he and I were having a conversation on Facebook about it, um, we were just kind of riffing back and forth. And I said, you know, light, well, I am a light. I, and that, I love that you referenced that song, hide your light under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine. Okay. Yeah. Um, that that particular song goes way back to me being three years old in Sunday school. Yeah, you know? that's a good one for the kids. It is. And you know what's interesting is I just I've talked about this before with other folks and I don't want to spend a lot of time here on it, but um that song has seriously been a big thread through my life in that I learned it when I was that little and as a three year old there was a part of me that said, oh, the world is not ready for my light. I need to hide under my bushel. Aww. And, you know, it came from, I know you'll find this a big surprise, but, you know, my personality is kind of big. <laughs> it's kind of, kind of a lot. And it's always been that way. And from my various earliest memories, I've been told, shh, sit down, calm down, be quiet, be less, be small, you know. Yeah. Don't be heard, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, I'm not mad at anybody about that. It is what it is. You know, that was the environment I was raised in. But I internalized it as, oh, you're way too much. You stay under that bushel to protect others. Yeah. No matter what it does to you, you stay under there so you don't crispy fry anybody if you were to throw that thing off. And boy, howdy, how that will shape a life. Yeah. Man. The excavation around that idea and getting it out of my head that it's okay for me to shine my light and nobody's going to be hurt in the process. 
Um, that's been a lifelong endeavor. It's interesting. Well, you keep working on it. I am. We need that light. I am. We need all I the am. lights. But yeah, I, I hear you about it. My, my intention would be to be a gentle light because yeah. I have a similar fear, you know, mm-hmm. that if, that if I shine, you know, sometimes I just say stuff and people go like, <laughs> they go, they get shaky and I'm like, okay, okay. You know, okay. Um, I think it's better than it used to be. I think, um, I don't know, some of my higher self is kind of setting some healthy parameters or something, but, um, so I don't do that too often, but I have, and it, and I haven't noticed in a while because I haven't been in social areas in a while, but, um, when I used to go to the UN, you know, for things with the peace education and whatever, it was so many times that I would just look in the room and I find a place to sit down. And before I know it, I'm sitting between the head of the whatever's going on and the head of the bigger whatever's going on. <laughs> and I'm like, how the hell did I get here? I'm a student in this room, you know? And I'm like, and I was always like at the the head of the table, you know, or uh-huh. with the people who were in the room where it happens, you know? But, um, right. and I was like, okay, God, I don't know what I'm doing here, but. I'm here. So just do me. <laughs> and that's, that's the, you know, what you said about it being a, it's a double-edged sword. It is. Cause you, cause there's a lot of responsibility in being a light and, and a lot of past fear about, you know, I don't know how to be this. And I think that's the, the part that's the part that will bring more peace and more um, comfort in being that light is when you can more relax and say, you put me here. You do me. You know, mm-hmm. I'm your mm-hmm. light. And the more, the less I worry about how it's coming out or when it's coming out or how it affects people, the more I can just be in the flow and go, I hate to say blame God, but if anything goes wrong, this is on you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> this, I'm putting this in your hands. Whatever happens through me today is from you. And if it's not yeah. what I think is supposed to be or not what. I don't know. I don't know what to say after that, because if you put in God's hands, you pretty much, I don't know. I don't think you can screw it up. So I guess that's just something I have to belief system. I have to let go. But I often think, all right, you put me here. If it goes wrong. It's on you. <laughs> it's on you. So, How does that jive? And this just hit my head. How does that jive with the concept of we are all, maybe it's the... Maybe it's the child of God thing and a different way to say it, but how does that jive with the, we are all made in his image and we, I truly believe there is divinity in every one of oh, us. Oh, absolutely. That we are at the end of the day, you know, I've had the occasion sadly to be in the room present when people have died mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I have felt their presence leave the place. Yes, yeah, for sure. And Oh, because that shell of skin and bones laying there is not that person. That person just left. So that doesn't for me, of course, in my experience of that person, it includes their human personality, their human ego, their all the non-divinity stuff, you know. (laughs) So that's part of the picture of who I think is leaving, but... That's, I understand that's simply my experience of that essence. Essence, yeah, that, that en- you know, the energy, that life force. Right. So um, 
it seems kind of odd to be saying, uh, hey, God, you know, whatever happens today, if it doesn't go right, it's on you because you are part of that. Yeah. So it's on you, too, huh? Well, it is. It is. <laughs> but um, I think I'm talking about the bigger, not my everyday decisions. I mean, if I, oh, yeah, if yeah, I yeah. want to cross at a red light, that that's on me. You know, I don't I'm not right. blaming God on that because that's just dumbass. And if you want to try it, good luck. I don't, I'm not blaming that on God. I'm just saying that there's your body. There's that essence, yeah. that light force that you feel. And then there's that light. And the light is the higher consciousness light. It's your soul light. It's your divinity. It's what you're still, what's growing through you. Um, mm-hmm. And that's the part that I'm like, use me. That's, yeah. that's on you. You know, um, I'll tell you one cute little, this is such a simple thing, but um, I was in a restroom and this younger lady came in. I think she maybe was 32, maybe, probably 28, 32. And she was fixing up her clothes and everything. And I, you know, came out of the stall and washing up. And, and she says, she says, you know, I have an interview. Do you think, you know, do you think I look okay? I had to change my shirt because I could copy on it and, and blah, blah, blah. She was, you know, do these look okay? And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, you look fine. And then right out of my mouth, and I love when this happens. I was like, you know what? Just show them your heart. Aww. So just show them your heart and nothing else will matter. And she put a big smile on her face and she walked out. And I was like, thank you, God. That was on you. You know, that's spirit. And I like to say, like, I know spirit works through me. And sometimes I get to know about it. Yeah. You know, and it might be just that little tiny thing that this that words just came out of my mouth, you know, and I just want, would like to happen more. Um, I hope it is. And I'm not knowing it. Um, mm-hmm. but I'd like to know more. It's fun. It, it's it it's is. fun to know you can say something that changes that person's, you know, yeah. day and possibilities. Yeah. And I don't know what happened, but she went into it happy and she wasn't going into it happy before. So transformation, darling. There you go. Yeah. That's awesome. I love when that kind of stuff happens. Oh, me too. And I think you're right. I think when when we focus on showing up as who we really are, faults and all, we don't have to leave all that stuff. And, you know, yeah. we can bring the fullness of who we are to any situation. But I think when we are in that inflow and in that energy and frame of mind of like you're talking about of Hey, here I am. Use me. Use me up. Uh, I'm here to do whatever. I think that that those kinds of experiences happen a lot more than we're aware of. I believe they have to yeah. because I know I've been on the I've been on the other side of the the situation where someone else has done or said something that just made me go give me whiplash. Like what? And then I. Oh, so, and they're just oblivious going on about their day, you know? And so I know that it happens when we're not aware. Um, And I love that though. I love the idea. I'm with you. I would sign up to be knowing more often when I'm having a positive effect about, about the people and the things around me, that would be awesome. Um, But, you know, I think that, it is such a challenge to show up as who we really are to begin with that I don't know if it's so much a function that that information isn't available to us as much as it is we are focused on 
other things and we miss it. Uh, that's a good point. And I think over the long run, it's probably better and more humbling not to know. <laughs> probably. You know, I mean, there's only... Because our humanness will take that Yeah, it. it's yeah. hard to keep that humanness in its place once you're like, I'm God. I'm, uh-huh. I'm God, everybody. And they're like, yeah, okay, me too. You know, <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, oh, okay. So we're all God. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I want people to know, like I do, tell, tell, a little review, a recap of the things that you've done in your life vocationally. Like, like you know how most people say, well, who are you, Irene? They tell you what they do. Yeah. And that's why I ask that question, leaving out the don't tell me what you do. Tell me who you are. Yeah. Now I want the folks to know all the many and varied things you've done because you've been a busy woman in this life. Well, you know. I don't feel that. I don't feel it's busy. It's been, I don't feel it's been busy since I retired from work. Um, but I've been very blessed. And I, you know, you know some of the things that came out functionally, but the, the way things came about were equally as amazing as what came about. So I taught physical education in the New York public school system, which I absolutely adored doing. I got to play every day. It was elementary school. Um, and you know, I was like 58 years old and still on a scooter playing on a kitty scooter, not the, not the, yeah. not the older scooter <laughs> and running around. But about seven years before that, I started getting the itch, you know, maybe it was even a little bit earlier than that. And it just wasn't, wasn't fulfilling. And, and I did good things with the kids and I helped them feel good about themselves in the physical education environment. And, um, but I needed to do more. And I didn't know how that was going to happen. And um, we had an option to go to the UN and learn stuff about water. And yeah, it, I remember and, the water. And the need for water in the world, especially third world countries where they, you know, they don't have running water and there's no bathrooms in the schools and just incredible amount of stuff that I knew nothing about. And I sat there that day and I said, if I ever have a water project, I have no idea where that came from or what, what, what that was ever going to mean because it wasn't anywhere on the road. If I mm-hmm. ever have a water project, I, I don't even know what I said after that, something. And then mm-hmm. uh, in the meantime, I started working in, um, as a mediator. I wanted to do peace education. Oh, I know what happened. Thank you. The children <laughs> couldn't get along. They don't know mm-hmm. how to talk to each other. You spoke with somebody on one of your podcasts about playing in the street. And you had your own negotiations and you walked up to people and you had to ask to be, you know, can I be your friend or can I play with you today? Or, you know, all this stuff that these kids don't have to do. And they were nitpicky. Oh, Miss Cabot, she said this and she said that. I'm like, your poor teachers must be going out of their minds. So (laughs) I said, we got to do something about these kids don't know how to talk to each other. So I learned that they were doing mediation for the older kids, teaching them how to, you know, work on conflict resolution. So I got into that program because I wanted to bring it into elementary school. Really difficult to do a thousand, you know, student elementary school. Um, oh, yeah. So then I wanted to do peace education. They wanted me to do it after school. I'm like, no, that's not enough. Uh, I did peer mediation. We did do a peer mediation program. Um, then one day, and this was like 
I don't know how many times I asked my principal that I wanted to teach peace education, how I was going to teach peace education, which was a non-curriculum course in a New York public school was not even a question in my mind. I didn't even, I didn't even care. Um, I just knew I wanted to do it. And then one summer, um, well, also I had always been on that, um, this parents teacher council, you know, for uh-huh. like three or four years or whatever. I'm just a busybody. I have to know what's going on. So I had to, you know, part of that. And then, um, but one, this last year I didn't, I was like, oh, I'm tired of it. I'm not doing it. And that summer I went home and I wrote out my peace education program. I uh-huh. wrote out the topics. I wrote out the things underneath it. And a lot of it came from conflict resolution, but also how do you, how do you make friends and, and um, character building, like honesty and truth and accountability? I'm like, come on, you did it. Just say you did it. I saw you do it. What the hell? Uh-huh. Like, oh, I didn't do it. Like, yes, you did. You know, that's a teacher. They're not even yeah. kids. But, you know, they don't. Yeah. So I go in, I have it on paper. I now know if I put it on paper, that something's going to happen. But I didn't know that it's then. It's real then if it's on paper. Yeah, but I didn't know that then. So I went into right. the principal's office and I'm sitting there waiting, you know, and they said, oh, there's parents in there. I'm like, oh, that's fine. I'll wait. And um, parents come out, they walk by. They're people that I know. I have a good relationship with the parents. And um, I go in and I said to my principal, this is the program that I want to run. And I put it on the thing and it was, you know, peace education or something. And he, he said, because this is fine. You just have to name it more aligned with our school. And I was like, what? <laughs> what, what, what just happened? You know? And he said, oh, the, and so the parents that were in there right before me were uh-huh. asking for a peace education pro- project, program in the school. They already knew me. They knew uh-huh. of me, you know? And one of them- Did they know that that was something you wanted to do or was that the happy accident? It, a combination. They knew I was okay. doing peer mediation and I wanted to expand it somehow, but I didn't go to them and say, oh, I really want to do this. Help me do it. It was, right, right. you know, the divine synchronicity. Yeah. And, and he said yes. And I was like, okay, but I was ready for, for no, weren't you? <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know. All I knew was I really <laughs> wanted to do this. Uh-huh. And so they took me out of the gym. They gave a substitute teacher. Every Friday, we talked with the parents, and they all decided they want to do third grade. I want to do second grade, but they want third grade. I'm like, and I went in there for the last, it wasn't whole seven years, but it was like, had to be a last of five years. And then from that, I said, okay, we want to make a project out of it. You know, I want it to be, now what are we going to do with what we learned? So then we started the Wells of Love and Hope because I had met Agnes, who was an ex-parliamentarian from Kenya. Mm-hmm. And that's how, and then, so we started raising money. I taught them. I didn't know where Kenya was. I knew it was in oh, Africa. I knew it was in Africa. Right. I'm not that bad, but in <laughs> Africa, I didn't know where Kenya was, you know? And, um, so I had to like look stuff up and learn. I had to learn a lot of stuff. It was like, learn it today, teach it tomorrow. Right. You know? And, um, but it was, it was beautiful. The children were so on board. They just opened up their hearts we named it, as you know, the Wells of Love and Hope, because I told them, I said, we're their hope, and they don't even know they have hope, and we're working for them, and they're hopeful, and they don't know that we're doing this. So when you don't know and you think things are hopeless, somewhere somebody's working in your behalf, you know, yeah. and maybe even on a spiritual level that you haven't manifested yet. But so the children were magnificent. The parents were magnificent. 
The teachers were magnificent. And I've learned I cannot do this on my own. I need community. I work well in community, but I need community. And we did build a well. We planted trees. Um, I think we, I'm sure we have more than one. I think we have three or four at the wells at this time. But I remember three. Yeah. Um, yeah. We have at least three. And I know we definitely have the one at the Utini Primary School, which was what I wanted, the children helping children. Mm -hmm. So that's been amazing. Um, I've done local things, little things, nothing that really caught on since I retired, which is what puts me in the frame of I need community, you know. Yeah. So, um, uh, so you've segued right into one of my questions. What does community mean to you? Oh, man, that's a really good question. Well, if I break it down, it's people that I can commune with people right. that, so I need people that are interested or open to being interested in what I have to offer. Um, mm -hmm. Not everybody jumped on the Wells and Love and Hope back, you know, bandwagon, but plenty of people did. And, you mm -hmm. know, um, so people that are willing to listen, um, people that are open hearted, that has to, you know, and people that are looking to give back. And so many people are looking to give back. You know, oh, yeah. It's, I, I think it was, I don't know, after COVID, because all numbers are cuckoo now, but it was like 57% of the middle class donated in, in, in total, like accumulated, donated more money than the upper class. Oh, I'm sure. 50% of them only donating. They donated yeah. more than the rich people. So people yeah. are always looking to give back, you know. when I So that's that's basically the generosity in Kenya where they had – not even in, in a lot of food and not enough water every day for themselves was mind boggling, mind boggling. They would be insulted if I was brought into their home and I did not take something to eat, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so it's just mind boggling. But anyway, so community, it's a place to go where you're welcome. It's a place to go where people are interested. It's a place to go where I love to hear what other people have to say because it only enhances the situation um, I don't have all the answers. Uh, I get a lot of good inspiration, but even then I'm not, you know, I can't do it by myself and I'm not alone. Um, so yeah, I don't know what my next phase of community is going to be yet. Um, I'm in Miami here a year. I moved down from New York to Miami. My daughter and my granddaughter, who's going to be also a year old this, this month. Um, so, you know, it's kind of family oriented, very different for me right now. But I'm still mm -hmm. hoping, I'm still hoping that there's going to be another community. Something to sink your teeth into? Yeah. yeah. I still want to take another big bite out of it before I'm out of here. <laughs> That's the Irene I know. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I want to share one quick little thing because I was, this is about two, three years ago, and I was feeling kind of, people look at me and they go, are you kidding? You've done more than a lot of people have done in a lifetime. And I'm like, I'm not done. I know yeah. I'm not done. And, and I said, like, okay, but what happened if you died today? And I had this amazing thing happen in my mind. Which if, if I died today, God would be happy to see me and the angels would carry me home. Aww. And I'm like, oh, my God, then what am I worried about? Yeah. <laughs> I'm gold. I'm gold. You know, if I take another bite out of it or not, you know, it's, that's, yep. it's my apple. You know, it's like it's not something that God needs me to do or, you know, so that was like, whoa, okay. Um, but I still want to. Yeah. I still want yeah. to. I can't imagine the Irene I know being able to be well 
and sitting still for very long. Yeah, it's been too long already. You know, when yeah. I retired, I really went into, um, you know, a kind of couch potato comatose kind of thing. And if, if I wrote out things that I did, people would go, how could you say? You, I mean, I started a whole thing for feeding the homeless, you know, from my community. So, you know, stuff like that. They're like, you did this, you did this, you did this. And to me, it feels like I didn't do any, I didn't do anything in that whole 10 years, 11 years now that I've been retired. With COVID, that's a different shutdown. You know, um, unless you want to do something online, you're not going to, I'm not willing to, to, you know, be sitting in a bunch of people in a room. So, um, so whatever's coming is still coming, but, uh, yeah. but I'm not done. I don't, I can't believe I'm done. Whatever that means, that's for God to, to fill in that, to fill in the blank. So, so you brought up COVID and, and I don't, I'm fascinated by the changes that are occurring because of COVID and some of them, like this whole work from home thing, that is a huge shift for millions of people. Yeah. And I sat here last year, this, you know, throughout 2021, throughout 2020, going, what's the fuss about? Yeah. I've been doing this for 19 years. Yeah. People, what are you talking about? I'm ahead of the but game. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, oh. but you know, it, it on that front alone, you know, it, it's the, we've only been going away from home to quote unquote work for l less than 200 years. Yeah. As, as a body of creatures on this planet. Yeah. That's a fairly new new yeah but not thing. not in each lifetime though you know your parents know did it you know yeah you're... my parents did but i'm talking about culturally from going from a largely agricultural yeah, anthropologically yeah 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 and because you know 200 years ago we thought it might be a good idea to gather up all the kids and put them in the same room and try to teach them the same stuff at once right you know prior to that Nobody got education except for rich or upper class aristocrats because it was expensive to get somebody to come teach your kids. Yeah. So those kinds of shifts. But, you know, I don't know. To me, it feels like we are on a trajectory that is almost vertical at the moment with as far as change goes. OK, like when I look at when I look at my own 57 years of breathing, we went from. I was born in 64, so Kennedy had just died. We had yet to go to the moon, and Vietnam was underway. There was no internet. There were no cell phones. I personally remember no color TV. Right, yeah. Um, I have actually talked on a party line <laughs> on the phone in my lifetime. Um, and now, here we sit in 2021, you and I are thousands of miles apart and yet I can see you. Yeah. And we're doing the Jetsons thing here. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know? And just let look at the last 25 years with the dawn of the internet and how that's changed everything. And and I I wholeheartedly believe there are pockets of people all over this planet who are well ahead of where we are as a you know, a community of people on this rock, they're, they're even further ahead and we'll be coming to know about those things. You know, Zuckerberg and his metaverse thing aside, uh, he's not all the way wrong. Though, yeah. You know, so 
What is your, what do you think about the idea that we as humans and, and, oh, this is a multifaceted question. Let me see if I can get it straight. First, I want to know what's your perspective on how we humans quote unquote advance ourselves right into destruction. Um, And is there, how has that been exacerbated by COVID or do you think that maybe COVID is a result of that? Okay. That's interesting. Um, Consumerism, um, complacency, you know, uh, for me, part of my problem growing up is that, you know, I, I was born 52. So mm-hmm. I grew up in the Donna Reed, you know, everything's on the upswing, baby boom, you yep. know, we're still out of the war and all things are going well. You still want and still can get, you know, the, the house with the white picket fence and have a job that you last for 30 years. And though I'm, I'm, I'm at the, you know, except for teachers and a few other things, we're at the end of that for sure. Um, so I think complacency, I think, I don't like to call it entitlement as much as it is a misconception. We lost our way. Um, everything was supposed to get easier. Everything was supposed to get better. And everything was supposed to do that on its own. Um, <laughs> it, got, it got to be where you didn't have to do anything to make something happen. Everything just kept coming out. And the new iPhone and the new, you know, the, the new this and the new that. And, 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 and you know, plastic, you know, the, we don't even remember that there wasn't plastic, you know. Yeah. And, um and then that being disposable, we didn't know what the hell to do with it once we made it. Because now we right. made it and you got it for the next, you know, gazillion years. Um, mm-hmm. I believe they now have a fungus that eats plastic. Um, oh, great. Yeah. Now we've got to make sure we don't, don't the fungus doesn't overtake everything. But um, <laughs> if we can manage it, that'll be ex- really, really useful. But so, yeah, I think it was a we lulled ourselves. We got lulled into the belief system that, um, you know, things were, were, were getting better, you know, things go better with Coke. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. you know, God, I, I have so many um, cigarette jingles in my head. I can, uh-huh. I can sing Lucky Strike. I can sing Kent. I can sing Winston. I can, I know every single, you know, so we know where a lot of the, you know, the belief system of, you know, don't worry, we got the next bad thing for you, you know, just, just buy it, put it on a credit card. Now this plastic. Put on a credit mm-hmm. card. So we lost our way in consumerism. And by the time we were start, started waking up, um, we already effed things up pretty damn bad. Yeah. So, um, and we just got effing lazy about it. Lazy about it. We just, you know, in the complacency, we got, you know, um, responsibility morphed. You know, we got, um, we didn't want to work for anything. We thought, then we, then we got entitled. Then we thought mm. things are supposed to come to us. And like, we woke up like, how the hell did we mess this up so bad? And then we had no idea and we didn't want to get off the couch to fix it. So mm-hmm. there were, you know, people sort of rabble rousing and bring it to your attention and put the scare into you. And of course, people don't like that. And, and people don't like change. And especially when the change is easy, when the fast food is easy, it's hard to change your diet. When, you know, buying things on the internet is easy, it's hard to start getting rid of stuff. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, COVID has just <laughs> punched, <laughs> punched a hole in that bag. So, um, well, COVID has totally woken us up to the worldwide, to the worldwide web. You know, we're worldwide. There's no going back from that now. 
and you know we affect each other and um, and if we don't get our acts together and it's it's going to change monetarily that's the next big thing is the the economics are going to fall apart which is going to scare a lot of people including me um even though i do believe we're going in in a better direction but our american money is worth piddly poop you know we have yeah. we have human beings who are now trillionaires we have um i don't know how many of them but you know um we are in, in my estimation one is too many i agree 100% you know because unless you're doing you know good with all of that what the hell good is having it you know mm-hmm. um and so you know we as the united states of america we're more in debt than we are of value um so that's going to hit that fits going to hit the shan um <laughs> and whoever and you know everybody who says okay you know we, we you don't have the power over us anymore to make us not claim our debt you know we held power over people so they we were in debt to them but they didn't dare try to claim their debt but now china we may be the mm-hmm. united states of china before we know it and you know we'll be sitting here going what the hell happened uh, i hope not but i mean you know there potential sure there it sure is so where all that goes I mean, if you just sit still and don't do anything different we'll be standing on chinese owned soil yeah absolutely not already- absolutely and i mean we really are going to be the country that's being going to be humiliated and we are going to have to you know um just say mea culpa mea culpa mea maxima culpa and please you know be compassionate to us because we screwed up over and over again we were audacious we controlled other people's economies we controlled other people's politics we you know and uh and now it's time to pay but we pay. really don't want you to do that to us no please no don't. no we don't want please don't you know please be yeah. merciful so um <laughs> god only knows where this is going to go but uh yeah but covid is just taking the wind out of our sails it's really not the united states you know in down on its knees because we're not more powerful than anybody else but it does matter what happens to our money and the decisions we make do, do matter to people i mean i listen to people on you know uh, lovely astrologers and they're from england and they're like mm-hmm. we don't know what y'all are going to do over there but we sure hope it's it's something good because it is going to impact everybody um you yeah. know we still are powerful just because of the mess that we are so uh yeah covid oh my god what did i call it the the social uh atrophy mhm it's caused tell a, me more about that what do you mean by that well i for me some people i i don't see it some people walk around like there's never been a covid they've never seen a covid especially in florida i live in miami miami beach they just act like you know and if you die from it good for you if i you know i mean i don't i don't get it me my body my mind <laughs> everything went into contraction um really oh i i my back went out and my my if my back's gone out three times in my life it's been for three days my mm-hmm. back went out so bad i could not stand on both my feet at the same time and i stood oh i had so much pain in my lower back going down my spine and i stood at the kitchen table it was probably it was before i moved down here so it had to be i it doesn't matter it was before it was in 2020 i mm-hmm. think it was like february march of that year And mm-hmm. I stood at my kitchen counter on one foot going, "Dear God, I hope I get to stand on my own two feet again." And it hit me like a rock how 
in the mass consciousness at that point in time, people were losing their jobs and they were getting sick and they had, you know, we just literally the rug was being pulled out from under them. Not so much for me, but in, in that moment I was feeling it. And I was like, Oh my God, I started crying for all the people who couldn't stand on their own two feet right then. They just mm-hmm. couldn't, they couldn't take care of themselves. They didn't, they couldn't get their kids to school. They couldn't, they didn't know if they had a job. They didn't. So a lot of them didn't. And they just didn't know what the hell was going on in their world. And I just felt that so, that this unbalanced. And I was standing on my right leg, which was interesting because that's right side is your masculine side. And so, mm-hmm. the, so it was the feminine side that wasn't able, I couldn't stand on that yet, you know. And I, mm-hmm. I struggled with that for about three weeks till I realized that my chiropractor was actually working. I didn't think he was, so I didn't even think to call him. And then mm-hmm. after I started to go to him, you know, he really, really helped me a lot. He goes, he goes, your back is going so many ways, but straight. He goes, he, he didn't do the big manipulations. He had a little trigger gun. He goes, mm-hmm. if I didn't have this trigger gun, I wouldn't be able to work on you. He goes, you're hmm. out in so many places. And nothing happened. Well, yeah, you didn't fall nope. or anything. Nope. Nope. So, hmm. but, um, so COVID for me, the first three months, anytime I went to leave my house, I went to the door and I cried. I just burst out crying. And I really, hmm. I didn't even know what the hell I was crying about. I said, I, I said, I'm not agoraphobic. I'm not afraid of going outside in my normal mind. So what is going on here? And I just mm-hmm. had this breakdown and I didn't do it often because I had my food delivered and like, cause New York was in shutdown and I had it in my area to walk the dog was safe, but I went into serious shutdown mode. And when I came down to Florida, um, the year later, because I came down the beginning of 2021 or the end of 2020, I was shocked at how people were just living their best life. And I'm like, how the hell are you doing that? And that really pissed me off because I was like, you know, masked and careful and going shopping early in the morning. Or, you know, I don't know. So what about that pissed you off? How did they get you... to do that? How did they get to walk around like nothing's happening? I, I wanted to do that. I wanted to walk around like nothing's happening. It's interesting because out here in Oklahoma, um, I remember, let's see, it was six weeks. So it was around April 1st ish. I remember the March 20 something date where um, it hit the news, you know, like COVID is here and we're going to have to do some stuff. And, uh, on the heels of that were shut down all, you know, bars, restaurants, anywhere that you didn't have to be, you yeah. shouldn't go. And all these places should shut down. So Tulsa did that for six weeks. Mm-hmm. And my girlfriend's bar that she and her husband own with another couple, they shut down and they reopened May 15th and they have not been closed since wow. May 15th of 2020. Yeah. Wow. And, you know, it's interesting to, to hear about the different experiences of these last two years from people in various parts of the country, because I know a lot of folks up in the New York area. I used to live there myself, so I've got that, but I have a lot of clients in the, in the, I know you guys have a name for it. What is it from Washington to Boston? The corridor? What? What's the name? Oh, the Eastern Corridor? The Northeast? Yeah, the Northeastern yes. Corridor. Anywhere. Yeah. All those cities between D.C. Yeah. and Boston. Yeah. 
I mean, it's just people, 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 yeah. people, 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 and oh yeah, a few more people. Yeah. Um, that is not the way it is out here. No. We got more people in one city building than you sometimes have in a whole city. Exactly. Yeah. So that whole, you go to Florida and see people walking around like nothing happened. I understand the perspective shock mm. that that was for you, but that's how it was here too. Yeah. We have, we, we had a mask mandate for a while and I'm like, yeah, uh, I'm not doing that. I'm going to stay home. Fully on it. I already stayed home. Yeah. I didn't go much of anywhere anyway. Yeah. You know, yeah. Except for the trips. The, now, the, I did not, I only went on one trip in 2020, and usually I'm good for three or four mm -hmm. at minimum. Mm -hmm. And I've made up for it this year. Uh, I think I've got five or six under my belt this year. Um, but it took me until right before Thanksgiving last year to really recognize, oh, some stuff is different out there in the world. Like, I can't just go. I remember during our little six week shutdown, I was largely unaffected by that as well, except one weekend. I'm like, come on, let's go to breakfast. And they're like, where are you going to do that? The kitchen? <laughs> I'm like, hey, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a very different experience from the, you know, the shutdown, stay home, isolate, all that. Uh, what's the word? Uh, quarantine. Yeah, quarant I have not quarantined for fourteen days for anything yet. And it's not that I don't. It's not that I don't think COVID is real. I do. Certainly, people have lost their lives to it and from it. And like many other things, I don't think we know all there is to know about it either. All that said, though. I'm kind of like one of those people on that you see in Miami. I'm like, nah. you know, it's, I'm gonna live my life. Yeah, and the flu could get me, COVID could get me, cancer could get me. Lord knows. And it is not that I am not compassionate for people who've lost people they love to COVID, but it's no greater or less than my compassion for anyone who's lost anyone for any reason. I, I hear what you say, and I think the piece that I'm not hearing or that I feel is that I don't want to be part of bringing that to somebody else. You know, if, if, if I say to myself, well, I'm going to go out and do it, and if I get it, I get it, you know, then I'm, I'm crossing the street on a red light, and I'm not blaming God for that, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but I think more of the fear of adding to it, of continuing it, of this is way before the vaccine, um, you know, is like, what can I do to help, you know, stop it or not, you know, not be a part of it? I mean, I don't want to be the one to carry it or give it to somebody else. Now, if I do everything yeah. I can and it, and I happen to be the one who knows I'll never, I may never know, but then, then that's life. Mm -hmm. But, you know, but if, as mm -hmm. long as I'm doing, but something in my system either picked up the fear of it, which is why mm -hmm. I was crying out the door, was why my whole back mm -hmm. went out, which is why, mm -hmm. you know, I have to live so carefully about it. Um, it's almost like... How are you I, doing down there in Florida now that you live there? Do you still take the precautions that you did when you lived in New York? Oh, yeah. And do you... Hol feel holler at, holler at people. 
Well, mm, I wasn't really thinking that so much as when you're out and about, do people look at you like, what's the matter with her? Why is she? Well, I all- if I'm walking outside, um, I don't wear a mask outside. I did um, the first little bit that I got here because it was still mandated in New York to wear it outside if you were anywhere within six feet of people. But mm-hmm. um, But I very quickly you know, got rid of that because I wasn't walking within six feet of people and I'm outside. Right. But, you know, they shut down here very short period of time, very right. short. And it was all mandated. Well, because they make their money and their whole living is tourism. But they mm-hmm. were sitting back to back outdoors, you know, and out of, you know, and then we got into that whole, what do they call that? The, your bubble, you know, mm-hmm. your family bubble, your social, your community bubble, whatever you people you have deemed that you're willing to get COVID from or give COVID to. <laughs> or you deem are not going to have it. Um, and, you know, so I, my daughter, you know, said, I'm careful, you're careful. You know, once, you know, I, you can come over and visit the baby. And so we had to be careful about not overextending because we didn't want to bring it home for the baby. Um, right. But that didn't, that was right up my alley. That worked for me. You know, mm-hmm. I've always been, I do have done a lot of fun things in my life, but I've always, even as a little while tomboy little girl always had this thing in me that if it was more risky than it was fun um if the risk was that too high more than the fun value i'm not doing it and Mm -hmm. um and that's how i felt about this i felt like the risk for having the fun was too high now Mm -hmm. i have been going out a little bit more um there are a lot of outdoor places here that have plenty of space um Mm -hmm. a little bit more uh, mm-hmm. I have a nice terrace. I have a pretty water view. Uh, my daughter has a beautiful water view. But we're getting antsy. And now with the next, with the third wave, you know, of a shutdown coming, mm-hmm. it's, um, I don't know that we're going to do it the way we did it the last two times. I don't know. I don't know if we can. You know, I don't know if I have that stamina in me to hold that shutdown energy again like that. Um, yeah, we didn't have a second one here. Nope. We shut down once and that was it last year. Yeah. Now they've, oh, have we had a mask? Once they lifted the mask mandate last year, it hasn't been back yet either. They've left it up to individual businesses Yeah. if you want to require it. And I, when I go out, I see people wearing masks and I'm, I'm not mad at them and I'm not getting in anybody's face and all of that stuff either. Yeah. You know, I keep my distance, <clears throat> but I, I'm curious about, and if I go in a First supermarket, all, I definitely wear one, mm-hmm. you know, for myself and anybody else. You know. Well, I wonder what really is intriguing me here is you and I li- have lived in 2020 in vastly, drastically different places as far as population density yeah. goes. There are only a million people in the Tulsa Metroplex. Wow. There's more than that in one block of Manhattan. Oh, for sure. You know? Yeah. So I don't know that my brain can wrap around. Let me say it the other way. I think one of the reasons that my brain cannot wrap around the fear factor of COVID is because it has not been up in my face. You haven't had to. The way it has for you. Yeah. Yeah. And to... That I say, when you said, Mm -hmm. I don't think I can do a third shutdown. I don't think I have the stamina for that. What hit my head is 
well, you know, maybe third time's the charm in that we'll do it with some sense and understanding of context of environment, where you're at, what, you know, if you've got 1.2 bodies per square mile, it's a whole different thing oh, for sure. than 1.2 million yeah. per square mile. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't think that it's productive to impose what needs to be done for the 1.2 million per square mile on the 1.2 per square yeah, mile. Yeah, I hear you and I agree with that. And I think the fear was that if we didn't shut everybody down, certain states, a lot of states would get economic um, advancements and the states that were suffering, like New York, you know, who do not want to lose their economic power would, and they did. Um, mm -hmm. So I think that was a fear. So I think part of the shutdown wasn't for health. I think a lot of it was for economics, like the bigger places just said, no, we need to shut down everything because if we shut down, you all have to shut down. And, mm -hmm. and I, they've, I don't think they have that power to do that anymore. And I think the rest of the world have said, screw you. You know, we're not, we're not doing it because you're doing it. Um, so also the variants are different and the new one is different. Um, mm -hmm. They're supposedly more contagious, which is, means they're supposedly less diabolical, um, you know, um, that, mm. that, you're, that the longer you have it, um, the less contagious it is, but the more likely it'll just kill you. Um, the new ones are more like closer, I would have to say, to a bad flu. Um, mm -hmm. But that still has not been totally proven, but it's moving so much faster. So, you mm -hmm. know, it's like, I, mean, I don't want the flu either. I can help that. But um, so, yeah, it's been interesting. I came down. I was not interested in getting the vaccine. I, I, mm -hmm. I like to check in with myself. And I didn't mm -hmm. know why I wasn't against it. I wasn't a big, it wasn't a political thing. I just was not really interested. I just sat with that. My daughter wanted me to get it. I'm like, okay, I hear you. Still not interested. That went maybe three, four weeks like that. Maybe, I don't know, maybe a little long. Could have been a couple of months. All of a sudden I went into a neutral zone. Mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, I'm feeling very neutral about this. Like I'm not interested. I'm not, not interested. It wasn't a cognitive thing. I don't remember anybody saying anything. I didn't start doing it because my daughter wanted me to do it. I just mm -hmm. noted. And then, you know, I don't know, another three weeks or a month after that, I was like, oh, I'm ready to get the vaccine. Then I prayed on the vaccine and I prayed on my body, you know, that we be in the best place to, to take it and to use it for its greatest good. And I still trusted my body's immune system to do what it needed to do. I wasn't substituting. I wanted my, my immune system to know, you know, yeah. um, I don't do, um, what were we just talking about? The virus, the normal flu. I don't do vaccines the against flu that. Mm -hmm. um, so I, you know, so I took it and it was interesting. You know, but I think it was, it's better. I feel better with it than without it, especially down here. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. what else? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's going to be interesting to see 20 years from now, looking back at this time, what we'll know then that we don't know now. Mm. Oh my God. There's a lot going to be uncovered yeah. about how it was, what we knew beforehand that we don't know we knew about. There's supposed yeah. to be a whole lot of the we knew and we didn't do anything. Um, yeah. There's a whole lot of that. I'm not a big conspiracy person, but 
I know that our government gets very lazy, and they and they're entitled. They think we're above it all, but we're not going to. Well, get I it. was just going to say, I think it goes back to all the complacency and apathy and stuff that we were talking about before. Yeah, we're this not going to get it. Another manifestation of that attitude. Yeah, I think you're correct in many ways. So it's been a humility shot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's going to be still. So, what's next for you, Ms. Irene? Oh man. I don't know. I mean, a little more going out. I mean, that's, you know, I'm already planning that with my daughter and my granddaughter still, you know, basically uh, taking their lead. Um, mm-hmm. Have not made any friends. I've been here a year, haven't made any friends. Really, in all honesty, have been interested. Um, but I've been wondering about it, so I guess I'm becoming interested. Yeah. Um, so maybe going out, you know, maybe I'll meet some nicer grandparents or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. I'm in my, you know, this is, I'm 69 and a half, so I'm in my 70th year of life, um, mm-hmm. which was a very interesting. I learned when I was 65, uh, when I turned 65, I was like, oh man, 65 sounds so old. When I was a kid, 35 was middle age and 65, you were old. Yeah. And 70, you're pretty much gone. I know people hardly, you know, so I'm like, how am I going to do 65? How do I, how do I be old? And yeah, I got this total epiphany that I already did 65. You know, well, when you're you're zero and you live each month yeah. and you celebrate one, you did one. Yeah. You're now starting to do two. They, yeah. call, you, they call you one. Because that's what you've completed. You've achieved, right. Yeah. So I'm like, holy shit, I did 65 already. And I did it good. <laughs> so, well, I, got, I don't have that to worry about. So when I sat with, you know, 69, I was like, okay, this is the first day of my 70th year, you know, the the next day. And I had this beautiful sense of reverence. I have never had a reverence for an age or a year or my life. It was just this beautiful sense of reverence to be able to be 70. I mean, I can't, I cannot give it any more words to it than that. It just fills me up. And I'm like, well, I really need to remember that more. Just be in the room. I mean, it's a whole lot of people, people that I knew that I lost earlier, certainly people all last year that didn't make 70 or even close to it. But even beyond that, there's just something reverent about being able to be 70. I'm like, okay, so just got to keep downloading me without things so, so I could, you know, utilize that a little more. But so that was very interesting. So what's the plan for me? I believe there is one. I don't have a plan right now. I haven't written one out. Uh-huh. Um, so I don't know what that, what the next thing is. Um, but things are changing. They're changing in me. You know, um, I feel more loving and more lovable. Um, so I think that's going to have something to do with something. And um, it can only be good. And that for that, I'm grateful. I don't know what it is yet, but it can only be good. So, well, you already know if it involves anything in the digital space, I want to play with you. Okay. <laughs> well, once I stopped the Divi, the Divi, I didn't do, haven't done anything since then. I mean, I was at least messing with it when I had the Divi, and then since then I haven't. So I, I think I wanted to go back to something that you have said doesn't exist anymore, and that's always a pain in the butt. Um, yeah. You know, so much for progress is not always fun, huh? Yeah. Yeah. But I will definitely let you know. Um, yeah. There are, 
Well, here's to your new life in Florida. Thank you. Thank you. Thank and you. I, uh, I look for, you know, I know for sure, my friend, you are not done. And <laughs> I cannot wait to hear what it is you come up with to do, because I'm sure it will be awesome. Well, I hope so. I'm, I thank you. You're welcome. You, you have been a wonderful, wonderful part of that journey that was really powerful. It and, was. It and, was. You opened my eyes to a whole aspect of my work that I really hadn't paid attention to before. And that was yeah. how you guys were on the ground doing all the fundraising and all the physical work of make. But, you know, I had my hands in there, too, and it wouldn't have been as effective minus me. And that was a startling revelation because I had at that point, I was kind of like, yeah, yeah, web design, whatever. I had a real, I remember creating the header for Wells of Love and Hope and getting that water in those letters. I think, I think it, I think it sticks out in my mind and it it is the moment that I had that cognitive recognition of, oh, wow, I'm actually helping to make this happen too. And it wasn't about the water in the letters, but it, the connection, it hit my awareness when I was working on that header. And yeah, a whole bunch of different things just kind of went pow on me that in that moment, you know, and it has stuck with me. I still can see very clearly that header in my mind's eye. It was beautiful. Yeah, it was. Well, that's part of the gift you bring to the world, especially a gift for, I mean, the more I realize, you know, I think when the time comes, this is one little piece of the puzzle I have to get. And maybe we need to have a a conversation about this. Um, I feel like if I don't put the words on the website, I feel like I'm putting them in somebody else's power. Now you've put, I've given you stuff and you've put it on the site. Sometimes you've, you know, you've highlighted things and we've changed them. So I know that that's not exactly true, but somehow I feel like I don't want anything between me and the the words getting on the page. And so that's maybe there's something I have to learn to give up or have to figure out whatever that piece of the puzzle is. Hmm. Um, Because I like it when I write on my website. Mm -hmm. Um, The world likes it too. No. (laughs) <laughs> you know, there's a whole lot of stuff that, you know, I think the world would like that I'd like to get get going. So maybe I need to just tell God that. I'm ready to get going, God. There you go. I'm ready. No doubt we will hear the Irene engine start up soon if yeah. you do that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one. Well, let well, me get it purring and not put, 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 put. <laughs> That's what's been like the put put pudding. So we get it on a hum. Hey, you know what? Even you, even a busy woman like you, gets to have a break every now and then. So it seems. Yes. So you just you just enjoy your little sunny Florida life, and the right inspiration will show up because it always has with you. And I have no doubt that it will. It's not going to stop now. So thank you. You'll find the right thing. And when you do, I can't wait to hear about it. Well, you will. I know uh, you will. <laughs> well, you have yourself a lovely, lovely day, my friend. It's so great to get back connected and have a conversation with you. Thank you. Thank you. Me, you too. You've always been a joy and such a loving support. 
and the sun is peeking through all the clouds. It was cloudy here this this morning, so now the sun is coming through. So, well, that's a sign. There you go. <laughs> Time for you to get out there, get some sun on your face. Sounds like a plan. All right, my all right, sweet. My, thank you, thank darling. Thank you so much. All right, I love you. Take good care. Right back. Talk to you soon. Kiss for Lexi too. Yeah. If you're hell-bent on wringing every last drop of awesome out of this life and the time you have here, I invite you to visit SuzanneSaysPodcast.com for more conversations and to subscribe. If you'd like to be a guest and have a conversation, email me at Let's Talk at SuzanneSaysPodcast.com. Thanks for listening.